Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Tough home defeat, but the chaos off the pitch continues to dominate as a takeover bid collapses. Never boring, is it? Welcome to Charlton Live. So, hello and welcome to Charlton Live. It's Sunday, the 12th of February. Uh, as you can hear, I'm not Louis Mendez. Uh, Tom Wallin stepping in for Louis again. Um, and on today's pod, we're going to look back at the collapsed Charlie Medvin takeover, which uh, kind of got announced on Friday. Um, Thomas Sangard pulling out of the deal at the last hour. Uh, and that has seen Andy Scott, Jim Rodwell and Ed Warwick all gone as well. Uh, so we'll have a look at that. We'll discuss what that means now for Dean Holden as well, who's obviously contracted as it stands to the end of the season, but there's rumours of other clubs starting to look at him. Um, we'll also look back, of course, at the defeat to Fleetwood, a disappointing day at the Valley yesterday. Uh, and of course, we'll have your reaction. We've got your tweets, we've got your emails, um, we've got some fans bar as well. Uh, and if there's time, we'll have a quick look ahead to Tuesday's game against Forest Green Rovers. Before all of that, Let's introduce uh, the other people joining me on today's show. First of all, Nath, uh, good to see you yesterday. It all went pretty downhill after that, didn't it? How are you doing? 
Living the dream, mate. Yeah, it was good to see you. Um, got caught up with some people, which is nice. Um, yeah, I was, I was quite confident yesterday. Um, and then, yeah, as always, Cholton brings me back to reality a little, little bit. Um, I was a bit somewhat annoyed at the end, um, as you probably saw on Twitter. But yeah, I'm all right now, mate. I've calmed down. You've got your smooth voice, you know, over, over the waves now. So uh, yeah, I'm all relaxed now, mate. Good to hear. That's exactly what I'm here to do. Uh, and also joining us on today's show. Uh, now, last time you joined us, Joe, you were in your pyjamas. So uh, I'm keen to hear. Hopefully you're wearing something today. But uh, yeah, how are you as well? How's every- how's everything? Yeah, all good. I can disappoint all the listeners by confirming I am fully dressed. Uh, but, you know, I think the um, that's, that's pretty much as far as my day has gone. I've just spent the entire day sat around thinking, blimey, Thursday, everything seemed to be looking up. You know, we were in a decent vein of form. Now takeover's collapsed. We've lost the game. And that's sort of sort of ruined the weekend really it's been a bit of a uh a bit of a chaotic couple of days isn't it for all of us yeah life as a chart and athletic fan never boring uh and somebody else who may well just be sat around in his pants or his pajamas now is charlie medvin because his proposed takeover bid as i said fell through on friday or was announced that it had fallen through on friday uh and we're going to start there we will of course talk about the match shortly but i think we should start with the collapse takeover so what we know, Rich Corley tweeted on Friday the deal was off. Uh, and as I said, that Rodwell, Warwick and, and Scott had all left. Um, there was uh, talk that it was it was Sangard who had called the deal off. That's certainly what the, the Mevan camp said, um, citing that they hadn't uh, complied with specific terms of the takeover. Um, he's talked a little bit about Plan B, um, about looking for additional finances as well. Uh, and we'll pick apart some of that uh, shortly. But your initial reaction, Nath, when you saw the news that the the takeover had collapsed, what was your thoughts? Uh, laughter, personally. Um, I mean, I remember, I don't know if you two can, I remember there's the bill days. And literally, the bill were like, they were going to take over and we were going to be like one of the richest clubs in the world. And then that never happened. And, you know, I think... We just had so many takeovers, or well, rumored takeovers in the last few years. It's just getting, just getting boring. And I just think ever since I've started doing this, when I since I've been on Charlton Live, it's just every season's it's takeover this or takeover that. Um, but yeah, it was just, I didn't really know what to what to think of it if it went through anyway, because the, the rumblings that were going around if it did go through wasn't all, all rosy. So I was a bit apprehensive with that. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. But it, the one thing I do think is like there's gonna there's there's has to be a reason why he's done it. I know he said terms and whatnot, but I can only see it. Someone's coming with a better offer, or he's had some sort of funny coffee and all of a sudden thinks that he can do it himself again. And maybe it was just an ulterior motive where he goes, I'll "Tell you what, I'll get people in to reduce the wage bill." Let someone, apart from Martin Sandguy, actually have someone who knows what they're doing, do that, and then get them out the door. But maybe that's me being cynical. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't know, mate. It's, I'm just one of those ones now where until it's official, I'm not really going to, I'll read about it and stuff like that, but I'm not going to stress about it because like, like everyone's probably got just going crazy over it now. It's just getting a bit boring. You mentioned the uh, the comments from from Sangard there, and I touched on them in the intro as well. And uh, one quote that we had from him was 
as we've both said, uh, that the 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 party that were rumoured to be taking over uh, didn't comply with very specific terms. That was his quote. Um, now, obviously, Joe, we can we can speculate on what those terms are, but I guess what are your thoughts when he says that? Do you believe him first of all, and does that maybe give you an ounce of confidence that if there were specific terms that that hadn't been complied with, that actually we might have dodged a bullet here by avoiding that takeover. What was your opinion of all of that? Um, well, I believe the very specific terms because I think that Sangard's a little bit of a slippery character. Um, and therefore it wouldn't surprise me, even in the way that he unpicked the ESI uh, one or two or seven, whichever version of ESI we were on when he unpicked that deal, he had Freshfield's, involved and it, it it seemed to be quite meticulously done from a legal perspective so i feel like there probably was something in there that he had in his mind the whole time well i can just pull the rug from under their feet and uh off they go into the sunset and i'm still okay so it wouldn't surprise me if that was in there at all um whether that is morally right or even legally right i, I don't know um god knows what those terms were whether you know, Martin Sangard wasn't allowed to visit the vending machine as many times as he wanted to during the day, or if he wasn't allowed to play headers and volleys near enough to the training pitch while he was down there. Not a hundred percent sure, but ultimately he's going to have had something. I think that, you know, we, whether we do or don't like methane, whether you did or did not like the other takeover, I think there's a very clear signal from Thomas. He doesn't want to fund this. And he is going to be looking out for the best deal for him, not necessarily the best deal for the club. And all we can do is just sit and hope that that the people that do come in are coming in with the proper motives and and proper intentions to to run this club properly and take it forward. Because, you know, it it doesn't feel particularly like it still is Sangard's focus. And it hasn't really felt like that over the window, really, um, to be honest. So I'm not really sure where we stand as a club, but takeover or not takeover, I don't think we were going to be in any better position. I don't think we were in a worse position for it collapsing. Um, just hopefully there is something else and he has got a better offer and it, they are better people, not just paying him more money. There was certainly an opinion, wasn't there, across portions of the fan base that this group that were coming in, as I say, fronted by uh, Charlie Medvin with with some sort of investment, possibly from America, um, was very much here to just kind of flip the club uh, and look to make a profit on that. Um, I agree, totally agree with you that it, it very much looks like it's not his focus financially in terms of of Sangard. And we've obviously seen the cost cutting that's taken place over the the January transfer window. And you'd imagine if he's still here as the the sole owner in in summer, that will continue. He's obviously been very public about his desire to become a break even football club and use that model. Um, Nathan mentioned Plan B. Um, not the rapper, sadly, but uh, he said that he has been looking for additional finance for some time, which again, I don't think is a secret. He, he has mentioned that before. Um, what could that look like now? Uh, and what do you think is is the best for the football club? Is it that he sells uh, and we get a, an entirely new owner in? Or do you think that there is a way that Sangard can work alongside some additional finance, given, as Joe has suggested, that perhaps his heart isn't in it now? I think it all depends on um, what actually Thomas wants. Um, and I don't, obviously he's, I don't think he's going to come out and tell us what he wants. Uh, the, well, first and foremost, as, as you said, he's going to want to try and get the best deal for himself. Or Joe said that, sorry. Um, but, you know, if if he does go and look for 
other investment be that another takeover is he wanting um and uh, to keep a stake in the club if he does that doesn't really uh, if i was an investor i wouldn't want that um i don't think the fans want it you just want a clean break bring everything back in house and then you've got roland on that side so i don't actually know is the answer mate to be what he actually wants um but i think everyone would like a just a clean break and just as you say that owners that are actually doing things for the right reasons and i think we've got to be honest with ourselves everyone no matter who the takeover is with everyone's going to want to try and make a profit regardless because no one goes into anything any investment and just go i'm just going to chuck money at it and see what happens <laughs> like that doesn't happen you when we flip the club in a year five years ten years it doesn't matter this is how you go about it um and there's obviously been many many occasions where he has has gone a wrong gone the wrong way about it in my opinion um and to an extent roland as well so i just think people want a nice clean break let the football do the talking let it run properly by people who know football no football clubs and then we can just carry on just trying to get a league one which feels like we've been here forever um so i think that's what everyone wants um you might have others who think differently but that's what in my opinion i think that's what the end goal is is just bring it back in house so we can just concentrate on the football and we don't have to have to talk about this t word anymore that'd be nice wouldn't it i don't remember the last time we didn't have to um one person who I suspect we do think would have the best interests of the club at heart. Peter Varney, he obviously got fans or encouraged fans back for the Brighton game. And there was speculation around his uh, reasoning for doing that. He, again, is coy, but again, tweeted on Friday about people getting behind the club and supporting the club. Um, How much do you read into that, Joe? Is it a case of not getting our hopes up until he says something in black and white or are you so desperate for for Sangard to go that actually you're kind of clinging on to anything when it comes from somebody who is well, relatively well-respected in, in sort of Charlton and SE7? Um, well, I, I read quite a lot into it. Um, mainly, I think, because I'm just desperate for someone that I can sort of get behind a little bit to be involved somewhere in this, in, in this sort of maelstrom. Uh, I think it was quite telling for me that his main thing is that he can't comment at this time. Um, I think previously when he's sort of been completely out of the picture, the messaging has been slightly different, but that is uh, me literally reading into it, not any knowledge whatsoever. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he is involved or someone that you just feel is, has the club at, at their heart, you know, and, and he's going to buy into it. And, and I know that everyone talks about Wrexham and, Ryan Reynolds and McElhenney, or I don't even know how to say the other one's name, but what they do down there, but they seem to have bought into the club and they are funding some losses and they're happy funding some losses, but you know, they're just in, they're just passionate about the project and they're okay sort of spending money to be passionate about the project. And I think that's just kind of the person that you need because you can't break even in football these days. Um, you don't have to spend the absolute world. You don't have to spend a fortune on, on anything, but you do, have to accept you are going to lose a bit of money, but you've got to do it for the love of the game. And you've got to build, even if you don't have it on day one, a love for the club. And I think that we, for a long time, haven't had anyone that's had 
even the real desire to have a proper love for what the club is about and what it represents to to its fans. Um, and, and we all know if we're all on the same page, we can we can achieve some great things. So that's that's what we've got to get to. I do think Peter Varney is one of those characters that can drive that, but that's hope, not expectation. One person who I think we can agree has really bought into the club since he's come here is is of course Dean Holden. Um, we'll hear what he has to say a little bit later when we hear from him post game, but. He was quoted again, I think, by Rich Corley as saying, uh, I've loved my time at this football club. Uh, we need to find out what it looks like moving forward and have some good, honest conversations. Um, again, he's probably saying what we are. He needs to know who's in charge. But if you had to put your money on it, Nath, do you see him staying here beyond the summer? Is that something we can even assume now without knowing what the ownership will look like? Uh, I don't think so. Um, as in, you, you think he's gone? Yeah, I think he will be. Um, I don't think he'll go before the summer. I think it'd be crazy if he leaves. Um, you know, he's only been here five minutes. So I just, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you've got a potential, potentially Thomas not being here. So if we have, do get new owners, are they going to sit there and go or be happy if we then offer Dean a long contract? Unless they want him to, then it's fine. It's easy. Then they can offer him a contract tomorrow if that's what they want to do. Or Thomas can. But if they come in and go, well, we don't actually want him, they can't do anything now, which means you can't do any recruitment. Well, you can, but you, the, the new manager you get in might not want those players. Or, you know, we might have to go through the whole process of getting getting someone else in who has another style of play or whatnot. Um, I just think it's just, I mean, before Thursday, I would have said, yeah, he's going to get contracts, a new contract offered at the before the end of the season and everything will be fine. And we crack on with life now I'm not so sure and I, don't, I just don't know because again you remember when Carl Robinson was in um, and he had to take over there and sort of he was he left to go to Oxford but surrounded because he was unsure if he was still going to have a job or not so he's got to look out for himself and Dean's got to look out for himself as well um, so I know that you had the rumours about Huddersfield which we spoke about Thursday but it's going to happen when you put someone on a six month contract but Long and short of it, I'm not. I couldn't say with confidence that he'd stay. I'd want him to because I, I think he's he's good and he's done a good job so far. But I'm not so confident now than I was what a few days ago before the takeover um, happened. And he said like he's got to have honest conversations now with Sandgard or whoever because when he came in, he came in with the other guys and they're no longer here. So it sort of leaves him in a little bit of a predicament. Going well, where where do I stand now? So. I don't know, mate, is the honest answer, but um, I'd like him to, but I just can't say with real confidence that he'll be here next year. I think probably echo that fact that we would want him to stay given the chance. Um, We asked you guys on Twitter what you thought as well uh, about the collapse takeover. Um, Adam Deacon, uh, and I will have to edit this slightly, uh, passed the stage of giving a, a monkeys, to be honest, resigning myself to the fact uh, TS is going to kill the club. Uh, Matt Broad dodged a bullet. Never know if the next bullet is already in the chamber. Hope a bet, better deal. Better not just in terms of cash is forthcoming. And that led to TS to stop the Methven approach. Uh, fingers crossed Holden to stay. Uh, Sean Murphy, truly given up on everything, Charlton. The club, our family have supported for 60 odd years. Very sad. Uh, why do we attract these cowboy business people who think they can bowl up and take the proverbial out of our club and its loyal supporters. Um, 
Another tweet here. Not bothered about the Medvin takeover falling through. I do question the sense of Thomas, not for the first time, allowing three people to come in and run the business on behalf of Medvin before a takeover was ratified. The whole situation's ridiculous. Not the first time we've heard that. Uh, Stuart, I really want Holden to stay, but if you're not valued by your employer, you'll, you'll look elsewhere. Uh, he doesn't know who his employer might be. Shambolic and embarrassing. Uh, Douglas Bubble Trousers has replied saying I sometimes eat spaghetti with a spatula so uh, thanks very much for that Uh, John Baker all I want at this time is a happy well-run club that we can be proud to be a part of at present we have an owner that's not happy fans staying away a bottle thrown at the referee Uh, this needs to be fixed fast Paul Davis the way Holden spoke after the game didn't fill me with much confidence and as I say we will hear uh, from him shortly would anyone blame him for taking a better offer? He's not inherently a Charlton man. So if he feels like he's been hard done by in any way, uh, then only money and hope keeps him here. And we have neither. Uh, Rick says we were better under Roland uh, and Stevie Essex. Uh, fans moan that he owns the club and should sell. Fans moan when he tries to sell because it's to the wrong people. Fan moans, uh, fans moan when he stops the sell. The guy can't win. Some Charlton fans need to be careful what they wish for. Uh, Thank you all for your tweets on that. I think we'll now move on uh, to a more positive part of the show, the defeat to Fleetwood Town. Uh, A disappointing performance at home, uh, obviously losing the game. Um, Joe, I'll bring you in first. The first goal, uh, a little bit like Bolton, really, a little bit of a worldie, but um, could we have closed that down better, do you think? Yeah, 100%. They... I was I was fairly critical actually yesterday of, of our midfield because we had Kilkenny on there 16 um, and he switched sides with the 10 and from then he ran the game uh, for them. He's created about five chances in a row and he played the long ball through that the cross comes from. I mean, quite what Penny's doing at the back stick with that header, he does have to get something on it, but doesn't really need to just nod it straight to their lad. And then just, we don't close it down. It was a bit like, a couple of seasons ago when we had Amos where people would just have an absolute hour of time on the on the edge of the box to just pick their spot and whack it um maybe it just moved a bit far for Maynard Brewer but again live I felt he probably could have got a bit closer to it and I'm not 100% dissuaded by that by the replays either so yeah it, it didn't look good I thought we were on top actually um in terms of possession but we weren't creating anything um and you know, you've got you've got to threaten because eventually you are going to get stung by these teams. And yeah, that was some pretty poor defending all round. And I think the players knew it. If you look at their reaction straight after, all the heads, even Dobbo's head went straight down. They sort of knew that they'd let themselves down on that one. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought Maynard Brewer could have saved that because I thought I was being harsh. But again, having watched the replay back, I, I'm inclined to agree with you that I think it wasn't an easy save by any chance. And like you say, it was definitely swerving away from him. But uh and I don't want to criticise a man who's who's played well, but I did wonder. No, I certainly wouldn't have got anywhere near it. Um, we got back in it before half-time. Uh, of course, Jezrak Saki again, a lovely little jinking move and sort of slotting it into the far corner. And like you, Joe, I thought I, I was very critical of the performance overall at the end of, of the game, but I did think we were perhaps slightly on top. And I did think once we got that equaliser, we might go on to to perform better in the second half. But, uh, Naif, your, your thoughts on that Jez goal and, and the performance in that first half in general? Yeah, Jez again. Imagine where we'd be without a young kid in his first season. I said it the same many times this year, but it's true. Um, he's dangerous on his day. I think that 
it was a bit of a obviously when we went one nil down, JP's already touched on on the, on the goal itself. But I thought it would have been a little bit harsh for us to go one nil down. I thought we deserved to at least be level. Um, but it was a bit of a weird game. It felt like it felt like you're trying to drive up a hill in first gear, and you hear your engine and you know your, your car's making a funny noise, and you go right, step up again. And we didn't. It was just a bit of a I don't know. I was expecting a bit of oomph, for a bit of urgency, and it wasn't there. Um, but yeah, obviously Jez scores again. I'll be amazed if he plays in League One next year. Um, so that rules us out. Um, but yeah, he's on his day. He's he's you know he's very very dangerous. Um, but I just thought there was too many players who were sort of five six out of ten yesterday. Too many of too many of them, and we just didn't have enough to get over the line. But. Yeah, a bit of a weird game yesterday because I was actually, as I said at the top, I thought we were, I thought I felt quite like confident before the game yesterday, and um, yeah, it was just a bit of a disappointing day all round. Um, but another another goal on the board for Jez, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he's had a good little season so far. So enjoy him whilst you can. I know it's a bit negative, but enjoy him <laughs> because he won't be here next year. Joe, you get the dubious honour of also talking about Fleetwood's second goal, which possibly the most shambolic goal we've conceded in some time. And, and there's a long list, but we came out into the second half and started relatively poorly. And I mean, he had the freedom of not just SE seven, but most of Southeast London in our box from that corner to, to nod home there second. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the floor is yours. You talk about that goal. Do I have to? Um <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's, shock, it's shocking set piece defending. We, we've ironically the one person who probably would have stopped that goal from happening is Jaden Stockley, um, if he was playing for us, and uh, maybe if he was playing for them because he's he not necessarily the absolute best at getting them on target. But we we missed that sort of aerial dominance in the box uh, a little bit, uh, and he had so much space. I think Fraser does get blocked off, knocked over a little bit, but he's got to be stronger there. And and you've got to have that desire and, and Holden's talked about it. You know, you've got to have, you win your battles and have desire. And I think, I don't know whether Friday's had an impact on the players, but I don't think we had that same level of sort of work rate desire and sort of oomph that we've seen over the last few weeks that sort of has characterised Holden's teams. And, and that was a, a classic example of just not being up for the fight and the battle in a key moment. And as soon as they got that goal, even when an EK came on it so it felt like the writing was on the wall for us we I don't I didn't feel like we were going to get back into it so it was it was disappointed to concede such an easy goal that then you know was kind of the the death knell for us in the on the final now in the coffin you're right we kind of huffed and puffed after that didn't we but struggled um you mentioned Jaden there obviously coming back had a relatively quiet game and came off uh in the second half for them um as you say, trying to get back into the game at that stage. And that's always going to be harder when you're down to 10 men uh, and Innis yet again with a red card. Now, I've seen mixed opinions on this. I've seen people say it was a nailed on sending off. Uh, I've seen people say it was a foul, but there was somebody running in behind and therefore maybe it was just a booking. And I've seen people claim he got the ball. Now, I haven't seen a replay back yet. Um, but at the time, I was furious at him because to me, it looked like a ascending off tackle um nath what was your your view on on that challenge <laughs> um i'm a lot calmer now so i'm, I'm a lot better but uh I, i've obviously put out my um village yesterday where i was just a bit fed up 
with people why 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 we clap people off when they get sent off it's it's always wild me i just don't understand it we're two one down at home trying to try and get back into the game and then he, he does it again so what's that his fifth is that his fifth career card for us i think so it is, yeah isn't it? and third this season that's I think. like so he's played what 50 games just like a red card every 10 games like if you average it out and it's like you just put yourself under so much pressure and and I and I said to people around me just before that red card he went down didn't he he spent time on the floor someone's probably gave him a little of a dig and this is in my opinion obviously so I think he's gone down he's seen red and he's lunged in if the ref has, has sent him off for being last man then yeah that's not a red card for me because I think Ness was on the cover and Dobbo was there as well. But for me, as soon as it happened, I thought he's off. He might have won the ball, but if you if you if you if you make a challenge which could endanger opponent, that's a red card offence. He's not in control. I thought it was reckless. A lot of people in the pub disagreed with me, and that's fine. That's what that's what the game's about, isn't it? Difference of opinions. But I watched it back. And it doesn't look as bad as I remember it, but I still think it's quite a reckless and dangerous challenge. And if that was the other way around, if if we was through if we were through on goal, and, and another team done that, there's every t- I would be standing up going, he's got to be off, he's got to be off. So I've got to be equitable about the situation as well. Um, but yeah, it was yesterday. I know it happens red cards, but it was just the f- clapping him off. It just baffles me. It re- and what's he going to have now? Three, well, five game ban, maybe four or five game ban. So then we were already thin on the ground. So it just baffles me why we clap people off when they get sent off. Like it's a good, like he's just scored. So he ain't really helped us, has he? You know. Um, but on the flip side, from what we've got at the moment, he he's probably the first name on the team shirt as a centre half because he's good in both boxes. But I just thought we saw red, mate, and yeah, well, I thought it was a red. But I know a lot of people think differently, and that's great. But if the ref sent him off for the last man, then I agree. I don't think that should be a red. Joe just confirming there that he averages a red card every eleven and a half games. So yeah, not good at all. Um, a couple of players came in for particular criticism. Um, Penny at left back uh, and McCauley Bond up front again struggled. Um, Joe, I'll bring you in maybe on Penny because I know you had your say on Bond last time we were hosting, but I thought we looked better when Cesc came on. Obviously, he was back on the bench and came on and improved, but a difficult game for Penny in particular, I thought. Yeah, um, but yeah, he had a shocker. Uh, he had a shocker going forward, he had a shocker going backwards, um, and he wasn't that good when he was stood in between either. So it, it was it was a really bad performance from start to finish. I think he would look at that and, and feel a little bit embarrassed. <clears throat> I did think that he was okay and fairly steady, a little bit weak defensively, potentially, but he'd been doing okay, and I was willing to sort of let it go for him sort of settling into the to the team. Um, and also we've, we've not had a left footed left back. So, and I did think sometimes he was played a little bit into danger with people playing onto his right foot. Um, so we were adjusting a bit to, to having a natural left footer on the left, um, which is a bit mad to say. Uh, but yeah, yesterday was a, a right from start to finish. And I, I, you shouldn't say this, but I, when he went down injured, I, I actually said oh, that will probably do us a bit of a favor, um, which is, is beyond harsh and looking back a bit regret it, but 
you know, he he definitely wouldn't have been on my list to start on Tuesday um, and probably wouldn't have got back in for me even next weekend. So um, he hasn't solidified that. I think Cess is definitely still our best left back um, and that that will be the case for a, for a long period of time because I, I don't see I don't see anyone else in the squad that's going to come in and take that which means that we can't get Cess on the stronger side on the right which I think will be a shame but hopefully the lights of Egbo will be coming back and then we can have two more attacking options at, at fullback and, and a bit more balanced to the side. I mentioned uh, Macaulay Bond as well Nath another tough game for him since he's come back is it I guess first of all, what did you make of his performance? And secondly, is there is it is the fault with him, or is there a way that we could perhaps play better around him to to give him more of the ball? Because I thought he struggled to to really get into the game yesterday again. Yeah, I thought he. I think again, Exeter he was quite quite anonymous, and I put it down to sort of he didn't really have much service or much, you know. Um, yesterday again, he sort of. I don't know. It's just like you don't even know he's there. I know that's because I know he's, you know, he can score goals. He's proved it before, but I know he can miss goals as well. I get it. Um, but yeah, he just seems to, I just don't know what to expect from him. You know, I'm just looking at him trying to think, well, how can we get the best out of him? Do I, do we need someone nearer? Do we need, is he another one of those ones where we have, he can only play in a two and not a one? Um, but he's done it when in the championship. So he can do it. Um, I just think we need to try and figure out a way of getting the best out of him if he's going to be starting games because obviously Miles wasn't about yesterday. Chucks weren't going to start, so he had to start. Um, I said on Thursday I would have started Miles if he was fit. He wasn't. Um, but yeah, I've, it's hard because I feel for him a bit because I want him to do well. It's not like you can't fault his effort. Like, no one can fault his effort at all. And I get that. But I just don't know how we can get the best out of Macaulay Bond right now. And it looks that way as well at the, uh, with all the players because I don't. Is he going to run the channels? Is he going behind? Does he drop? Does he? I don't really know what he offers at the moment. Um, but he's only had two games that I've seen so far. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he did sort of have a poor game yesterday. But in fairness, and I'm not just backing him up here. I don't think anyone had a particularly good game. You know, you already touched on on Penny. I just thought it was one of the, if you, if you played the game, you know what it is. If you'll do do something in the first ten minutes. And then you try and get yourself ahead of the game. And then after that, everything, like his touch was off, his passing was off. like, And it was one of those games where he will remember that game to be one of the worst ones he's had. But everyone has him. He's just got to knuckle, knuckle back down and, and try and get back into the swing of it again because, yeah, it was a pretty poor performance. But again, not I don't think many people had a good game yesterday, if I'm being brutally honest. Clinging on to a couple of perhaps positives, Jojo Wallacott back on the bench, uh, if nothing else to push Maynard Brewer, hopefully. Um, and Chucks, Nath mentioned him already, Joe, but Chucks coming back on. Um, how long he survives this time, we'll have to wait and see. But even just coming on yesterday, as as Nath said, we didn't, nobody had a particularly good game, but there were a couple of moments where he just swatted opponents aside, got a couple of shots on target. So if he can stay fit, um, and we get Lieburn back, then at least we've we've got some options up front again. Yeah, I mean, I know I know a lot of people don't like an EK, but but I'm a big fan. Um, I think if you just accept his limitations, which is that he will play very. 
few minutes, but the minutes he plays, he generally has a fairly good impact. Um, I, I don't think he's ever, for me, a starter because I don't think he plays as well um, when he when he starts a game. It's like he knows he's got a long way to go and his body isn't going to get him there. So he's always stronger off the bench. But that the strength to hold off players is just something that he has got in spades. And he's relatively silky on the ball for a man of his size. So he, he is a bit of a game changer at this level. Um, it's it, it it didn't quite work for him yesterday, but he is just sort of coming back from injury. Um, in terms of his shots weren't weren't the strongest, but you do feel like there's a goal, and I, I did feel for the first sixty minutes that every time the ball went in the box, it didn't feel like we were going to score. Whereas that feeling definitely changed in that last period of the game. Um, and he is, I think, probably our most creative and dangerous player. Um, the problem is, is that he's just absolutely useless at staying fit um you know he, and he was that he was the person that managed to in, injure Innis yesterday they collided um that's why Innis was down and he's, he, I think Innis needs to look at himself because if you collide with an EK and you come out injured and an EK is fine then clearly you're, you're not as strong as you thought you were third defeat then under Dean Holden or third league defeat I should say we've bounced back from the other two Nath Bolton and on and, and Oxford so important that we try and bounce back again on, on Tuesday night against Forest Green? You'd hope so, because you're looking at their form. They're absolutely horrendous, um, which we know what usually happens when we say that. <laughs> but we have to. You've got to win. It's a nothing season. We ain't you know, we ain't going up. I know we all know that. Um, but we just need to try and build a bit of momentum, get a, a good good feeling back of winning football games. And against Tuesday, against the, we've got to admit, a poor opposition, judging by their form and where they are in the table. But we know on the flip side of that, we also know that if we don't turn up and play play well, we'll get turned over. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to dust ourselves down. We go again on Tuesday. Um, and try and get a win on the board and give us a little bit of something to cheer about. Um, so all those lucky people going on Valentine's Day, um, I'm not going. Um, but yeah, if we just got we just got to go again, mate, and just try and w- win a few football games because it's just a bit. Otherwise, it's a long old season. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to Tuesday, and I'm expecting a five nil win. Love that. Love that. I might be joking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad to hear that our little Valentine's trip is off, though. That's that's a shame. But uh, clearly, you haven't got the nod after all. Um, we asked for your views on the performance as well. Um, Mono said, who has the med- most red cards for Charlton ever is in his close to the record. I don't know the answer to that. But, I mean, a red card every 11 and a half games. There can't be someone with a worse ratio, that's for sure. Um, Paul Williams, poor. Changing to a small squad with not enough cover um, has been proved wrong 12 days after the deadline. Uh, Thank you, Lucky Stars. There have been some good times in the last couple of months, though basically after the takeover collapse, the club is back in the position it was in early December. The image of Thomas Sangal to me is one of failure. Uh, Noddy, looks like we're back to as you were. If we don't beat Forest Green, I think we're looking over our shoulder with some trepidation. Adam, a bad couple of days for the club. Season's well and truly dead. I feel for the Charlton Live team as you've got to try and make the next few months entertaining for us. Well, we're certainly trying our best. Uh, Stevie Essex, very Charlton-esque thing to do by going on a good run, losing to a team we should be beating. However, season's long gone. We need to secure Dean Holden's contract and start building for next year immediately if we are ever to get out of this division. We go again Tuesday. 
Uh, Michael, poor performance from everyone. That includes Holden. Didn't change anything until forced to. Anike's introduction worked for about five minutes, but the team was so flat it brought him down to that level. Have to respond Tuesday. Uh, Alan, terrible. How low have we sunk? And uh, Daniel, uh, defending, sorry, just wasn't good enough. Very poor defending for the second goal. Penny and Bon, awful once again. Red card was harsh on Innes, but it didn't change the game. Uh, and there was a foul for their second goal, which we spoke about a little bit earlier. Uh, apologies if we didn't get to all your tweets. We had lots. So thank you to everybody who did tweet in. Um, but let's hear from the boss, Dean Holden now, shall we? Uh, Aki Chandel from London Football Scene uh, stepped in uh, in Louis' absence. So thank you for that, Aki. Uh, and he started by asking Dean what he made of the defeat to Fleetwood. Disappointed. Aki, I'm frustrated. Um, we came into the game with you no know, expectations in terms of the form that we've been in. And, you know, we knew Fleetwood would abide by winning midweek. And, you know, from the first minute, they obviously came here to probably for a 0-0 in fairness to sit, you know, deep and to and to play direct, play off second balls and, you know, just to slow the game down as much as possible. And the first goal we conceded is the first shot on target from them. It's a, it's a great strike, to be fair, into the top corner. And, <coughs> you know, we started to get Jezbrak Saki into the game more that sort of 10 minute period before the interval. And he was, he was finding moments and him and Sean Clare had a good little relationship building. And then he scores a fantastic goal again. Such a, a, a really good young player, brilliant goal that he scores in the top corner, and, and then the second half we wanted to come out and really get on the front foot, and it was very stop-start, weren't it, with the, the amount of injuries, the amount of long-term injuries that we saw within that with the game, with the sending off, and ultimately to lose to a to set piece is, is very, very disappointing. I have to say, you know, we've, we've done that too many times this season, and we have to we have to improve. I think there was a, a block on Scotty Fraser, possible foul, I'm not sure, but essentially it's about having that desire to stop the ball going. Uh, into the back of your net and obviously we've not done that that well enough um, you know we had a big chance through Chucks as well second half great to see him on the pitch again big big positive for us um, but it's never sending off in a million years you know Lucas Ness on the cover he's uh, no it's a poor decision but I'm not here to, to slate referees I'm you know, a qualified referee myself it's a difficult job and yeah, I think it's a poor decision and we'll obviously look to appeal it. Uh, you must be sort of ruining your luck because you conceded a world worldy goal today but you also conceded a similar one um, to Bolton last week. Is there anything you could have done today to maybe prevent that goal or is it just one of those things that happens? Every goal is preventable when you, when you look back at the, at the action leading up to it or the multiple actions leading up to it. You know, we need to get up to the ball better. It comes into our box. Do we, do we get a good enough clearance that, that falls to the boy? I mean, he's 25 yards from goal. I've not actually seen it back yet but yeah, it was a little strike on, on, the, half, on the half volley and yeah, yeah. Essentially, we didn't do enough today to win the game. I have to be honest about that. I, mean, I don't think too many of our players really got to the to, to the levels that they've shown recently. Not for a, for a lack of effort at all, but it's just one of them games where with the second half was so stop-start, we, we couldn't find a way. And there were sort of moments where you broke, you sort of got um, three-on-two or two-on-two situations, but the decision-making at that final point, as I think Scott Fraser had a couple of moments where he sort of missed hit that pass, and Macaulay Bond had one of those two. Yeah, well, I t yeah, I think you're right. I think more than decision-making, I think it's execution of the, of the technique, really, and the big moments, aren't they? The breakaways, as you say, there was one first half from Macaulay, that moment with Scotty Fraser as well, and we could have been sat here now with a, having won the game 4-2. You know, but for them moments, and we just, as I said, we, when we got the ball to the final part of the pitch, we just, we just weren't good enough consistently to work their keeper. And of course, conceding from a set piece is always disappointing. Um, you know, had you been working on set pieces, and that's something you need to improve on going forward. Yeah, of course, we work, we work on all areas of the game, um, all set plays. Obviously, some transitional stuff, defensive attack. We work on everything. And, um, no, we need we need to improve on that. Moment. And um, fair to say, Fleetwood took game management to a to a different different level in those final twelve minutes of added time. 
Um, do you think your side could have dealt with that a bit better themselves? Um, I think it's difficult when you know credit to them. They're in a position in the league by the fight for their lives. They've had a good win in the week, and you know you can't begrudge them doing that. Not at all. It's not always about pretty football. It's about finding a way to win, and essentially they've done that today, and we've not. And um, some good and bad news in terms of the squad. Um, Chuck Sinike, um comes back into the squad. Joe Willicott was on the bench after his injury. Um, it's a good return for them. Yeah, big pluses, absolutely. And, and we saw moments when Chuck came on, using his strength and his power. And he, he took a really good touch a couple, on a couple of times. He, he gets his shot off on the turn. And, and that big moment when he wrestles the two defenders and shows his, his strength and gets in. Couldn't quite just execute the finish. It would have been a... A nice reintroduction for Chuck Sinek, but that's certainly a, a, a positive to getting back on the pitch. Um, a few injuries too, of course. Uh, Matt Penny and Sean Clare going off, um, and with Sean, with Todd Kane also out, is the depth a bit of concern at fullback now? We'll, we'll have a look at them guys over the weekend. Into I don't even really know the severity of that. I've, I've just literally come straight into air from the game, so no, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look at that and uh, we'll see what we what we look like for Tuesday for screen. And Norris's red card. Um, you don't believe that's a red card. You don't think that um, there was a clear goal scoring opportunity no. in that sense? No. No, no, it's not. He's he's outside the width of the six-yard box, so it's not a clear goal-scoring opportunity, not at all. And, and there's a covering defender, Lucas Ness, is behind him. So, no, I've um, I don't see the point in going speaking to the referee after the game because he can't. It doesn't change the decision, obviously. It'd be interesting to see what the match report says in terms of, you know, Ryan's gone in with the outside of his left foot to win the ball. Is it is it is it for violent conduct for the lunge, which is wrong if it is. If it, is it for denying a goal-scoring opportunity, which is wrong if it is. So we'll see what the report says and we'll, we'll text him on base. And um, your predecessor, Ben Garner, spoke week in, week out about the need to professionalise refereeing um, at this level. Is that a sentiment that you share? No, I'm not getting involved in that. Referees, I'm not getting involved in that post-game. Referees, uh, it's a difficult job. It's a really difficult, as I say, I'm a qualified referee myself. You're not, you're not going to get me sat here slating referees, not at all. They do the best they can do. Um, it's, it's an interesting question, but I'm not, I'm not prepared to talk about that post-game. Okay, and um, of course the big news for the club this week has been the collapse in the takeover um, and a number of people have left um, the club who came in, of course, um, in December. But um, Thomas Sangard spoke about your contract uh, publicly uh, and he said that um, there's an intent for both you and him to um, offer you a longer term and stronger contract. Um, are those negotiations underway and can we see something, a new contract being signed in the future? Um, again, all I would say on, on, on the situation is it was hugely surprising yesterday following training uh, immediately had a, a, a conversation with Andy Scott who told me what had happened that morning while I'd been out on the training pitch and then had a very very brief conversation with Thomas on the phone um, and I've, I've really enjoyed working with the guys with, with Jim Rodwell and Andy and etc that came in as part of the management team I think we've, we've, we've built some good uh, relationships in terms of the work that's gone on and um, yeah, as I say, it was surprising. Now, what obviously what needs to happen? My focus since then has been purely on the game. So, you know, a very very brief chat with Thomas, as I say, and then my focus has been around this game today. So obviously, with some time now over the weekend, you know, I need to obviously sit with Thomas and and have some open, honest debate about you know where the club moves forward from here. Yeah, so there's no clarity at the minute, of course, without a CEO, or a technical director, and what the future looks like in terms of strategy and recruitment or whatnot. Um, do you think Stuart still be able to do what you want to do? As I say, I need to have a chat with Thomas, and I'm not going to sit here and, and speculate at all because I've not spoken to Thomas yet. And uh, me and him obviously need to have a, a conversation around, you know, the, the future of this football club. What does that look like in terms of? Uh, obviously, Thomas mentioned about a plan B yesterday, so we need to find out what he means by that. And, and as I say, we're all big boys. We'll have a we'll have a good conversation and, and, and we'll look at a, a resolution. And Forest Green on Tuesday. Um, how do you feel going into that game? Of course, they're fighting for their lives too. 
uh, new manager too in uh, Duncan Ferguson, his first job. Um, how do you feel about that game? Well, it's, we have to respond. We've done it uh, previous to when we lost to Oxford. We went to Portsmouth and won in the next one. We lost to, to Bolton and then we went and won the next one at Exeter. So the boys have shown that they can do that. It's in them. You know, we have to respond. It's a disappointing day today, obviously. But at the same time, as a game in three days' time and against a team who's bottom of the league who are obviously fighting for everything. So, uh, no, we'll, we'll go there ready and prepared. Right, thanks, Dean. Thank you. Um, talking of the red thing, you may or may not know, but he was hitting the face by a plastic drinks bottle. Did it hit him in the face? Bit, I saw it, yeah. yeah. So it's either the side of his head or, his, or the face. Do you know anything about that? Have you, as you said you haven't spoken to him. <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's disappointing that. It's, I did see it happen. Did so, you? you know. No, we, obviously, as a football club, we, we don't condemn that behaviour at all. It doesn't matter what's going on on the pitch. You know, that should, that should never happen. Yeah. You'd so expect it to be in his report. We'll review that as well, and if we put anything out, I'll, I'll drop it through to you. Okay, you know. yeah. But you'd expect it to be in his report, I guess, wouldn't you? Oh, well, I'd assume so. If the referee's been hit by something after yeah. the game, I'd, I'd assume it's in the report, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, passes there, Bowers there, and it's done! Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! so welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening, looking back uh, at another chaotic week in SE7. Uh, we'll have your fans bar in a second or two, but we did have an email in from Gary Dowsett. Uh, thank you, Gary, for your email. Gary says, uh, like most Charlton fans, I've watched them write dross over the years. Uh, that must be down with the worst awful game. We didn't have a clue. Fleetwood weren't a good team, but they still managed to beat us and make it look easy. Can someone tell me the point of Bond? Does a bit of running, waves his arms a bit, but does nothing in between. It really is like starting with 10 men. And hopefully we have covered those points largely on the show already. Uh, we also had a couple of people slide into our DMs on Twitter. Uh, Phil, um, hi guys, that's me done. I just can't bring myself to watch this anymore. I like Holden. He's a good man and I hope he gets the job permanently. I'm going to the Sheffield Wednesday game, but no more under Sunguard's ownership. Uh, bought my two grandsons to their very first game at the Valley and they were put through that shambles. Well, better get used to it because uh, we've had to deal with that for many a year. Um, 
Sorry for the negativity, but after Roland, ESI, and now the Sandgard family, I've had enough. Sorry to hear that, Phil. Uh, and hopefully things can turn around soon. Uh, and Daniel also messaged us. Um, it's the hope that kills you. Uh, two more wins over the next couple of games will get us believing. I like Holden and the way he conducts himself. Um, us sneaking into sixth place going up would be very charming. We've never done things the easy way. Keep up the good work on the pod. Cheers, Daniel. Uh, he then tweeted again, saying, again, it's the hope that kills you, uh, which it's, it often is. Uh, as I say, let's hear a little bit more from you now. We went into the fans bar after the game, uh, and here's what you had to say. Poor. Um, final third. Clueless at times. Really, really clueless. Great goal by Raksaki. Bidding, uh, finish, um, but the goals that we conceded, other than the first goal, which was a you know a typical worldy against Charlton, but poor today, very very disappointed. What are your thoughts on the key decisions today? I see a red card for Ryan Innes. Uh, substitutions maybe didn't work for us today. Maybe need someone at half time to fire us up. Jaden Stockley playing against us. How did you make it all today? Well, glad Stockley didn't score. Um, might upset a few people because I probably had a little bit of money on him to score against us. Uh, Enos's red card, honestly, the referee, I don't know what he's thinking of. Yeah, yellow card, definitely. Poor challenge, but not a red card. Not a red card. Definitely not. Because we didn't play well, we didn't... I think Rack's like it was good, but we didn't play well at all. Why didn't we play well? What did you think went wrong? We weren't getting to the final third. We weren't, we weren't using the ball much. Back at Taylor wasn't good. McCordy Bomb wasn't great. We weren't great. Any players stand out you thought played well today? Rack, and Ness, but apart from that... What did you make of the red card? Did you think it was a red card on Innes? No, shocking. You think the ref got that wrong? Yeah. It wasn't even a foul, was it? I know. Any players stood out for you today or actually thought they had a poor performance? You had a few, obviously Penny, Bond just come into the side. Poor game, bad game. What did you make of it all? Stand out players, probably Raksaki. I think, you know, he, he had he had the chances to get down. Did, I think the whole team in general didn't play well, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, Dobbo, typical himself, get, putting himself about a bit um, in the right places and that. But I think the crosses, there was no one there to put the ball away. Um, I can't say that much more. Really, can't say much more. I've been looking back at it. I lost my words. <laughs> I think I think we could we performed better and lost games. And today we've probably played at the worst that we have done under Holden. Holden's probably scratching his head, thinking, "What have I got to do with this team?" Because today is a sign that. We are not anywhere near as good as we should be.
So thank you to those of you who spoke to us yesterday, who tweeted us and who've emailed us. Uh, we've got a couple of minutes left of the show, so let's just look ahead to the Forest Green game. Um, Nath, bottom of the table, uh, winless since December the 10th. Uh, as I said uh, just before the break, important that we bounce back now. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know what 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 defenders we've got fit. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't. Obviously, Sean come off and Penny took a knock. Innes is probably um, suspended. I assume they ain't going to get overturned. If it does, I don't know how it can. But if, you never know with football. So I don't really know who we've got available. I know Egbo's not not nowhere near ready yet. I don't think so. Looks like it's going to be a bit of a bodge job in terms of the back line. Um, but as you say, it's a it's an opportunity where we can go there and try and win a game. I, don't, I know they're bottom of the league, but sometimes they are. anything can happen. They could get a penalty early on and hold on. Because I remember the, the home game I actually wasn't here for. Um, I listened to Terry and Greg, um, and it sounded really frustrating. It sounded like they just camped in and just didn't really do much. But So they, that could happen. So that's why we need to keep our wits about us and try and win the game. Um, and just uh, want to see a little bit more urgency. I thought, I thought it was so flat on uh, in stages yesterday. Um, but yeah, we need to try and give something to cheer about. It's a long season. We've still got oh, too many games left than I can think about. Um, so yeah, hopefully whoever's got the sign off from the other arse, well done. Um, and yeah, hopefully you can go and watch a, a not get and take three points back with you with whatever you're doing for the weekend. Cause I know a couple of staying over in the Cotswolds planned it well, love that. Um, but yeah, no, we need we need to we need to win some games, mate. Um, so otherwise, it's we're going to come back on here. That's been negative again. So up the addicts, <laughs> love that. We just need to win some games. What a team talk. Um, big Duncan Ferguson. I think does he have to be referred to as Big Duncan Ferguson? I think he probably does. Famed for obviously knocking out two burglars in his house um, and for playing some football as well as in charge. Um, they haven't seen that new ban- manager bounce yet, but typical Charlton probably give them half a chance on Tuesday. Uh, Joe, uh, as Nave said, there's obviously injuries that are going to force some changes. Um, anyone else in particular you'd like to see or, or anything that you'd perhaps like to see uh, Dean Holden do on, on Tuesday? Well, I mean, I think he's going to be largely hamstrung by what happens at the back. Um because I, I don't really know where you get to a a back scenario where, where it makes any sense to me. I suppose you could maybe with Sess's injury, you go Sess, um, Chin at fullback and then Thomas and Ness at, at, at the back. Although I actually thought that some of the most steady we looked at the back is when we had um, Ness as the only defender at the end on Saturday. He seemed to do that on his own pretty well. Um, so I think in, in midfield, maybe give, kill Kenny a bit of a rest he did look a little bit tired towards the end and he hasn't played a lot of football uh, and maybe get some more legs in that midfield um but I think that for us it's got to be more about how the players are playing um Blackett Taylor and Raksaki quite often when they're on the ball felt a little bit isolated and uh, and uh, they need to work out how to get Bond to work if, if I'm honest I think he's our third choice striker um but unfortunately he's only one of only two that can start. So um, they've got to try and get him into the game a little bit more because I felt in his first stint with us, if he, if he doesn't score, he doesn't offer anything in the game. And that seems to have been the pattern so far. So hopefully he can come up with a bit of a goal that gives him a bit of a lift, but it just feels it. 
everything about this, I know it's been a, a fairly negative pod, but um, if there was ever going to be a game that we were going to lose, it's going to be us against the bottom of the table when they've got a new manager that's come in and it's not worked, then that has got Charlton defeat written all over it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing just how badly we managed to uh, screw it up, really. What a brilliant end to the show. Um, Nath did say at one point that we're going to win the game 4-0. So, or was it even 5? <laughs> I think I said I think I said 5, but I immediately took that back as well, to be fair. So, I want to keep the negative vibes. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, let's just let's just end it there. Um, miserable and depressed all round. Um, that's what we've got time for on tonight's show. Uh, thank you all to those of you who've managed to listen to the end of that pretty depressing podcast. Uh, thank you, as always, for all of your tweets and emails uh, and apologies to the ones we didn't get for, uh, get through, sorry. And for those of you who spoke to us in the fans bar yesterday, uh, thank you to Nath and Joe for joining me. Cheers, lads. Out of the and Go on, boys. Hakuna Matata. Love that one. Always interesting to hear Joe's endings. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Take care and we'll speak to you again soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started <laughs> 